And then the kid's like, give me the chicken back. And I was like, you want the chicken? Go get it! And I threw it over the fence. <laughs> Welcome to the Spencer Whiteout Podcast. I'll give you a kiss, you give me your number. I checked out a ton, dude. Tell me you felt. We're Americans. We're the ones that are descendants from the 1776 musket bearing motherfucker. Welcome back to the Spencer Whiteout Podcast. This is episode number 11. In this episode, we go over Andrew's top five film school failures, string jeans, and an unfortunate phone stapling incident. Let's dive in. I was thinking earlier that, you know, God really had the most productive moment when (laughs) (laughs) if there's an asteroid that he sends into the earth that took out an entire race of you know species birds dinosaurs isn't that the ultimate killing two birds with one stone (laughs) it's like the most efficient you can possibly get yeah all right so who do we have on here today andrew bear and alex volman we're just gonna uh fly by the seat of our pants i like that expression i've been saying that a lot lately do pants have seats Dude, one time is water wet. Actually, no, more than one time back in the day when my parents were getting mad at me for standing up in my chair during dinner time, they were like, We're going to nail your pants to the seat. They said that. They Hmm. said they were going to nail my pants to the chair. Oh, my God. So that I wouldn't stand up. And I thought they were serious. It's pretty violent. (laughs) And for some reason, I guess I thought it would hurt because I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like that's going to hurt, you know? But it's like, you know, it would just, just be your pants. Just pants. <laughs> yeah. Next day you're walking up to school with just like a chair attached to your butt. Like, <laughs> or just like no pants on at all. <laughs> oh my God. You know, when people have those horrible dreams about like showing up to school in just their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of that. Because their parents threatened them the to same escape. way. <laughs> so they just took the pants off. Pants off. The pants dude. chair. <laughs> <laughs> the pants trick. That's the new pants That's trick, new dude. Pants trick. <laughs> it's a parenting that trick. Would that would be hard. That would actually dude, be difficult a, to take your pants secret. off that way. It's a family secret. It's a family secret. That's true. (laughs) The dining table just has four or five chairs around it with just pants attached. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All the kids who would stand up. You just got to like slide out of them. It's like rapture scenario. Like the clothes are still there, but the people are gone. Imagine coming home to that. No. Take me. Take me. Left behind the pants yeah, exactly. left behind. That's what young Spencer was just trying to do. He's just trying to leave and be with the Lord. But I want a series on. Stay. I want a book series on left behind. But like, what happened to all the pants that were left behind? Right, and all the clothes. A lot of free pants just <laughs> hanging out. It's like a Pixar movie. You know, it's like what if pants had feelings? It's like Wally, <laughs> Wally, but pants. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's crying over here. Okay. <laughs> it's just funny. Wally with pants. <laughs> Wally with pants. 
like the tire tracks coming out of like the bell bottom jeans. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because that's yeah. the only way they would fit. Right. That's right. Think about it because Wally is around once the Left Behind rapture has already happened. He's right. just around the earth and no humans are there. So he exactly. would just see a bunch co- of collecting all the pants. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> so <laughs> that holds up. All right. So now we're going to get into some random stories. I told you guys the stapler story already, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, you did. yeah where I stapled did. a piece of paper to that guy's phone. That was crazy. Right. So <laughs> I guess I should fill people in on that one real quick. But I guess for some reason, I was like trying to staple a piece of paper at work. And I was like, hey, do you know where a stapler is, Steven? And then Steven goes, oh, yeah, here's one. He hands it to me. I'm like, all right, cool. I take the stapler. I put it on top of his phone. And then I put my paper into the stapler and I just slam it. I slam the stapler and I just staple it. And I didn't even realize I put the stapler on top of his black phone because the counter is black. Uh-huh. So the counter is black and his phone's black. Was whatever. his phone face up or face down? <laughs> it was face up. Oh. So then you saw it when it was completely shattered. shattered. No, I didn't. I didn't oh, shatter crap. In fact, I have an amazing audio recording of me telling Luke the story right after it happened. So I'm actually going to insert that right now. Inserting exclusive audio recording from the vault. Dude, so I'm at work and um, I had to staple something. And so I'm up at the front desk with my coworker and I'm like, hey, is there a stapler? Because I need to staple this two piece of paper. And he's like, yeah. And he hands me the stapler. And then I take the stapler and... I guess I didn't even notice. I put it on his phone because his phone is on the couch. <laughs> his phone is on the counter. And I, um, I <laughs> stapled. <laughs> I stapled my piece of paper on his phone. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like his phone is there. I put the stapler on top of his phone and then I put the paper in the stapler. And it's just... (laughs) I just... Slam it, dude. And he goes... He goes... Preferably not on my phone next time. Oh my gosh, dude. That was crazy. Ugh. But that was a pretty good one that happened at work. Another story that also happened at work. My coworker is at the computer and then there's another coworker who I don't know, just someone else that works at the company. And so my coworker, let's call her Becky, she goes, "Have you met Randy and I say oh no I haven't and I walk over to him and I kind of extend my hand like hey what's up Randy my name's Spencer and then he just kind of like looks at me and he's just like and he like raises up his hand like (laughs) super reluctantly to shake my hand okay you know and so I shake his hand and then um they're just kind of silent and I'm like what's up with you guys and she goes oh we're just doing computer training and so they're both sitting right next to each other and so i don't know if he's training her something or if she's training him on the computer <laughs> training because i don't know this guy at all and so i'm trying to make small talk conversation so i look at randy and i go oh so you're doing computer training and he just looks at me dead in the face and goes seems that way <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so hostile 
couldn't tell from his tone like how he was saying it and so then i look up at him and i go it seems that way like you don't know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) and then he just looks away and looks back to the computer it was like it was just so weird. It sounds like he was not wanting to be doing computer <laughs> training. Is what that sounds like to I me. Know, but I was like, "What? You're gonna be that rude to somebody you just met? Like, oh, what's it look like? I'm doing idiot. Shots fired. That's basically what he said, right? But I didn't want to just assume the worst of somebody and be like, okay, like this guy's a total a hole. So I was just kind of thinking, it seems that way. Like, what do you mean? It seems that way. Either you are, or you aren't doing computer training. Did you have a follow up with him? Did you meet him again? No, Something dude, I never seen him again in my life. Whoa, mm-hmm. he and just I'm kind of glad about that. <laughs> it was just so. He probably weird. didn't I'm last like, long at the company. I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> it seems that way, huh? I mean, it seems that way. Seems Definitely. that way. All right, I've got a story uh, about Indian giver. I know that's not politically correct, but I don't give a rip. You know what an Indian giver is? No. You don't? No. Okay, basically it's when you give somebody something and then you change your mind and you take it back. Got it. Yeah. So basically (laughs) back when I was in early elementary school, I was super young. You know, I was a teacher's kid, so I was always having to hang out after school. This time I was hanging out with another kid who was also a teacher's kid, and he happened to be the principal's kid. So we're hanging out in the playground and stuff, and then we ended up going into his dad's office. And his dad's office was cool because there was a computer screen with all the security cameras so you could see what was going on in the hallways and stuff. Nice. Just kind of creep on people. And then um, there was this rubber chicken. You know those like famous rubber chickens? Oh, yeah. Hanging on the wall. And so this kid's like, all right, let's have some fun with this rubber chicken. So we took the rubber chicken out and we were like playing with it outside in the uh, playground and stuff. I was like, dude, this chicken is so cool. And he's like, yeah, dude, you can have it. And I was like, oh, yes. And I was so stoked. I I have the rubber chicken and then <laughs> and then um a little bit later i'm holding the rubber chicken and then they <laughs> the dad and the son come out because it's the dad's rubber chicken and then the kid's like give me the chicken back and i was like <laughs> I was like, you want the rubber chicken? Go get it! And I threw it over the fence. (laughs) No way. To the principal. Yes. (laughs) Wow. And I was just like, walked away crying. And I was like, so upset that I couldn't have this rubber chicken. It makes you wonder why the principal needed that rubber chicken so desperately. Was it really just a rubber chicken? Maybe there was like something hidden inside it. Yeah. Probably. That's why he needed it that that way. Seems Seems that that way. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, let's talk a little bit about the orange juice and the cereal, just because that's something I think needs to grace this podcast at some point, you know? I'm surprised I haven't talked about it yet. So I grew up thinking it was normal for kids to occasionally have their cereal with orange juice instead of milk. No. And the reason why (laughs) I thought that is because when I would go to my grandmother's house, she'd make breakfast for me, and one time she was out of milk, and she's like, oh, well, we'll just use orange juice. Oh my gosh. And uh, I had it, and I was like, okay, it's pretty good. And so I would just prefer <laughs> the orange juice option out of the two normal options, <laughs> orange juice and milk, uh, each time I'm at her house. But you know, my house 
had milk more often, so I would have milk at home. And so I thought that was just a normal thing. And so when I went to Biola and went to the <laughs> school cafeteria and... So this was deeply embedded. Yeah. You show up and you're just like, this isn't normal? <laughs> that's when I got some weird looks. And it's like, what the heck are you doing, man? Are you okay? <laughs> and uh, that's when I Can learned... Can you pass the orange juice, please? <laughs> but it's pretty advanced for breakfast. I don't recommend right. it if you're just you know, having breakfast like for the first time. algorithm that you got to <laughs> figure out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say about the orange juice and milk thing, I feel like it's strangely similar to Jordan Goodsell's habit of dipping corn dogs in milk. You know what I mean? And what I'm thinking is, what if you guys swapped it? So, Andrew, you could have cereal and milk like a normal person, and Jordan could be (laughs) dipping his corn dogs in orange juice and not even notice the difference. It sounds like he has the uh, short end of the stick there. Yeah, I feel like you guys really ought to exchange fluids sometime and (laughs) spice things up. (laughs) Let's talk about when you were listening for ghosts. Yeah, this was my uh, first film set. I was there to hold the boom pole, oh, basically yeah. bottom of the barrel. That's how you got to start. That's always. right. It's just kind of funny. I mean, we were shooting a short film out next to this gas station. It's a small six-man team. So I'm like terrified of messing up this guy's for fun project while I'm holding a boom pole. <laughs> you know, like ultimate, like third week freshman. Yeah. And so one thing we wanted to do was just get like some environment sounds. So he was like, can you go out to the street and just like get some sound of traffic? <laughs> So I was like, okay, I took the recorder and then I'm out at the street and I'm just there, 17 year old me with headphones on holding this recorder and then a boom pole with the dead cat on it, just kind of like facing the street and just kind of like swaying side to side a little bit (laughs) to get different stuff. I'm just in the middle of the sidewalk and it's midnight, by the way, because we're shooting at night. And then I see this car coming and it starts to like slow down and then puts its hazards on, rolls up right next to me. (laughs) And it's this elderly lady. Lady. She's probably uh, 60s or above. And she rolls down the window towards me and she says, Hey, are you listening for ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing she thought of. Yeah, because she wanted to join or well, something. Yeah, she was probably going to join in. Like, that's, that's what right. it sounds like. That's she right. was going to hop right out and be like, Okay, so they're usually over this way, not yeah. that way. <laughs> she has her own boom pole and like a right. task camera in the corner. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also at film school, Andrew, you had top five film failures. Yeah. The list could be a lot bigger, but we had to narrow it down, right? Oh, it was hard to... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's just so many. But I guess this is a poetic leap here. We're going from Ah. like first few weeks of college to my final few weeks of college where there's a senior chapel event. And at the senior chapel for CMA, all the seniors who are graduating that semester, they have a chance to give a word of advice to the current students. You know, I was taking it seriously because I wanted to really offer something of value to the current students. I had a lot of friends in the program and I had such a wild three and a half years at Biola. So I wanted hey, to- Hey, you graduated in 3.5? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Me too, man. Oh, heck Overachievers. Yeah. Nice. I just spanked him if you heard what that was. <laughs> <laughs> No, dude, I'm, no, on, a little I'm on the seat of my pants right now. You're on the seat of your pants right now. <laughs> you can't spank me because my pants are nailed to the floor. <laughs> there are a lot of cultures that eat that way already. What, pants on the floor? Yes. Yeah. Che- Some chewy cultures jeans. Just- Oh, one time. Like a fool with your pants on the ground. Okay, Andrew, we'll get back to that in one second. But a quick anecdote about jeans 
There was one time I heard this story from a guy, and I don't even remember who this guy was or anything. It was just one of my parents' friends. And so we're eating dinner, and then this guy tells us the story. He's like, yeah, like, one time I was in the cafeteria, and I saw my buddy over there eating, and I had this fray of my jeans that was kind of dangling off. So I ripped off the dangling fray of the jeans, like, you know, around the ankle, just like a little scrap of jeans. And he's like, oh, I'm going to throw this little string of jeans. You know, it's like thing. It's like it's like maybe like a half an inch. You know, <laughs> string of jeans, string jeans, string jeans, string, string jeans. jeans, yeah, string jeans. So he's like, I'm gonna take this little string of jeans and throw it and hit my buddy. So he takes it and he throws it, and it does not hit his buddy. Instead, while his buddy is eating with the cafeteria fork, it wraps around the fork. What? <laughs> <And> <laughs> the guy puts it in his mouth, oh, dude, no and way. starts chewing the jeans. Oh my god! Wow, that's pretty. Precision. I know, dude. Just like the most <laughs> precise throw ever. And like, imagine that. Just like a string jeans. Just like, <laughs> just wrapping around the fork. Sounds like a good trick shot video coming I know, out. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tossing string jeans onto String jeans things. fork. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back to your film school failures. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about it. And in film school, there's so much unspoken pressure to achieve and like be really good at your specific thing. Mm, um, yep. And I think that it creates a lot of, I don't know, a lot of people who are also left out of, you know, the groups of people who are making content or shooting movies together because it's a very like clicky thing, or yeah. at least it can be. Yeah. And I remember my freshman year kind of feeling that way because I just shared a story about being on a set, but I wasn't on a set in any like major creative way or like with a bunch of friends until like early sophomore year pretty yeah. much so i kind of wanted to just like encourage people who are still on their way still learning and avoid my speech being just like here's a lot of things i accomplished you can do it too yeah <laughs> you know so instead i was uh i was thinking i should share my like top five failures <laughs> like the things that I am most embarrassed about or probably just the worst decisions. My number one film school failure is when we were shooting Space Waves and I didn't offload the micro SD card with the drone footage for one day. Ooh. We lost all that footage. And at the time of saying the speech, we still hadn't found the card. We found the card actually a year or so after that. Oh Do you remember gosh. that? Yeah, Spencer? it was we the Samson's it. Lot drone footage. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah remember? we didn't have that. And we didn't that have that for the longest time. And I was like super bummed because I thought we needed that shot, the yeah. drone and shot. and we didn't. <laughs> we didn't need it, yeah. It's cool because now you see that footage in beast mode, which yeah, is pretty true. sick. But yeah, that was a real bummer because I was just like, dude, we lost the footage. and Yeah, losing footage is like, like the worst. It is the absolute worst. But uh, yeah, you found it like a couple of years later in just like a Pelican case. You're like, oh, what's this SD card? What's on here? And it was yeah. like, oh, the Samson's lot. We called it the prodigal son footage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I came home. Uh, my number two worst failure is that in my freshman year, I freelance shot a ballet recital. Oh. Right. And they did only one performance. So it was really important that we get it right. I dropped the drive that all of the footage was on. Oh, no. So I lost footage for like three of the songs of oh, the ballet man. recital. And the company, they were relying on DVD sales to make money back from it. Oh, man. And they like didn't make all their money back. And I think part of it was because not every song was on there because, you know, parents are buying it to see their kids perform. Right. Oh, that man. That's a nightmare of my first freelance oh, job rough. ever. Yeah. That's really First bad. freelance job ever. 
Number three was the fact that I planned on guerrilla shooting the most important location for space waves out of region with no permit or security that we could get it so that when we arrived to NorCal, the fact that it was bulldozed to the ground, that's partially due to the fact that it's like, oh, we'll just shoot it. We'll be okay. Yeah. You know, without a backup plan. But because we didn't have a backup plan, production was extended like 10 months. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 10 months to find a new tower. Number four, when we were caught filming on the train tracks. And the, <laughs> so that this was another space wave story. 12 of us were filming on train tracks. We were being really careful amongst ourselves, but that didn't stop the police from showing up. And literally everyone got written up for misdemeanors. No, and, wait, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you were there, dude. Dude, misdemeanor means it goes on your record. We didn't get misdemeanors, dude. I mean, I think that's what he said. He collected our IDs. <laughs> Do I have a criminal record? I mean, we should check. <laughs> For being on train tracks? I mean, there are worse things. <laughs> no, dude. I, no, because he ended up being pretty cool towards the... I think what it was is he was going was to he just trying to scare everyone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he collected our IDs, but like nothing came of it. But the fact that it happened while I was responsible for the production, that was a big failure for sure. And he was from Alaska, so him, Ray, and Rudy were all like, hey, Alaska. <laughs> <And so laughs> yeah. they, I mean, so, the cop was cool. Yeah, yeah, so they ended up like bonding. Maybe that's what got us out, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then the final failure that I listed is going to be shared in more detail on a future podcast. But when we went to shoot a father-daughter heartwarming advertisement oh, for a floral man. organization, you know, we look for this beautiful meadow online. We find one. Just Bro, you gorgeous can't, pictures. You can't spoil that story right now, though, dude. Mm. That story is called That's Run to Me. Story. Yeah, that story is called Run to Me. And it's basically like one of the gnarliest things you've ever heard. I think I've heard the story. Yeah, I think you have, man. I mean, I think they thought it was like attempted kidnapping or right, murder. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that was gnarly. what I ended with in the speech is that yeah. <laughs> to this day, they sincerely believe I am a child kidnapper. Oh, my god. And then gosh. that's when everybody was like, laughs and claps. Let's go. They're like, yeah, Andrew, the child yeah. kidnapper. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was my whole thing on like, it's hard when you're learning through like trial by fire but just you know don't give up keep working at it so yeah pretty much and then the legal fight against gary v what was that all about yeah i was in a season of making spec ads with my production company action studios and spec ops yeah it's like when you want to show companies that you can make videos for them you need to do some samples on your own first just to build up a portfolio right and one of the spec ads that we had done at the time was for empathy wine which is one of gary v's companies that he owns. Um, so we shot a really funny ad. It was basically humanizing the bottles of wine. Like so the Kool-Aid man. Not with like limbs and a voice and all that, but no. we just like kind of moved them around and we built little environments for them. It's very cute. Um, so you <laughs> like watch stop a, motion or something? Like claymation. Or? We wrote out our like hands that were moving them oh, at okay. the bottom and yeah. all stuff. But you watch a baby bottle of empathy wine grow up. Um, so you see it at birth and then you see it go to school and it, it's childhood memories. And then you see it leave to college. It finds a wife and, you know, they move into a place, <laughs> right? Because of empathy. So that's yeah, the whole, yeah. whole play here. Um, but then at the very end, it gets set on a table 
and then things get really dark and then a big corkscrew goes into the top oh and then gosh. just screws it and then just decapitates its cork basically corkless and, and then you cut to the title card empathy wine and because it's not an official video we just thought it was like funny yeah you know but it made you feel empathy by the end because uh, you know you really for felt the for wine it. exactly <laughs> so we thought it was pretty good and then i got a call while i was on set a couple weeks later after we had posted it to instagram and just said like here's some of our work he was like yeah so i've been trying to call you for a few weeks now but we're gonna ask you to take this video down we actually demand that you take this video down it doesn't represent our brand and uh if you don't comply within seven days we're gonna file a uh, cease and desist for action studios like wow okay <laughs> yeah well you know we weren't paid to make this we did specify it's just a spec ad and he's like i need to see this gone from the internet in 48 hours he like changed his timeline wow oh wow he sped it up yeah yeah <laughs> but i do remember the 48 hours it needs to be gone from the internet so Just i reached out to clean. everyone i sent it to and you know took it down from frame.io and youtube and wow. instagram and that's how i avoided a cease and desist from gary v's company and his Dang. lawyer yeah pretty that's crazy. pretty wild dude it's a good video though if anyone wants to watch it <laughs> offline not online it's <laughs> yeah. not Send online you anywhere private link yeah. yeah exactly it's like deep in the deep web oh yeah the bottom of the iceberg that's right. All right. Should we talk about the pencil accident? It's a good one. So we were talking about college me for a while, but now we need to throw back to sixth grade Andrew. Basically, I was uh, one of those runner kids, not just the guy who would run for sport, but you always see that kid who's like running to class because he's late. <laughs> that was me. I was, I was Dude, one you of those You ran kids. everywhere, man. You even ran for class president. I didn't actually. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, I guess I should have played into the joke. That's a little yeah. improv rule. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so there's sixth grade me just running to my locker for some reason. You know, backpack is flopping around. That whole thing. Um, so there's um, these little like brick walls that separate the outdoor hallways, and they're like a foot off the ground. They're meant to just like sit on for lunches or waiting they're for class. They're yay high. Yeah, they're yay high. They're yay high. <laughs> and so I'm running. I don't see it. Foot catches on it and I start falling forward. But my fatal mistake was that I was holding a sharpened pencil oh, in no. my right hand. No way. And it's like running with scissors. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the way that I'm falling here. My foot's caught on the brick wall. I'm like falling forward onto the grass, thankfully. But my head turns sideways. So imagine my body parallel to the ground. My head turns sideways. <laughs> and then I try to brace my fall with my hand. But I forget that my pencil is in the hand. Oh, point oh my up. gosh. So I fall literally with my right temple and the <gasps> tip of the pencil just slamming into each other. <laughs> just slices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it hurts in the moment, but I like get up. I'm more embarrassed than I am like in pain. Yeah. So I just go to my locker and I'm like pulling stuff out of my locker. <laughs> it's not like the pencil is stuck in my head. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood, but is it like blood draining down? Well, I wasn't sure. I was just like pulling stuff out. And then I'm getting this like look from the girl at the locker next to me who looks like she's seen a ghost. Oh. And she's like, did you get shot? <laughs> <laughs> did you get shot? <laughs> and I'm like, no. Why do you ask? She's like, there's blood all over your face right now. Oh my gosh, you need to go see the nurse. And she's like getting freaked out for me. I'm like, oh, 
okay, thanks. Yeah, I'll go take a look. And so I go over to the nurse's office and it wasn't until I see my reflection in the window <laughs> that there is like a pencil tip sized hole Ooh. in my right temple with blood still coming out of it oh. on its way down. It was honestly pretty gnarly. I did go to the hospital later that day and they said that if it had gone in like a little bit further, it could have reached like the part of the nervous system that connects my brain to my eyes, man. basically. Oh, man. So if I had like fallen further or if the tip was a lot longer, whatever it was, you know, I could have had my vision damaged. Just like yeah. full magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> like the Joker scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Andrew, it's a good thing your brain is so small. Shots fired. Whoa. <laughs> now you know. Don't run with pencils in your hand, and always double-check your forks for any rogue string jeans. I hope these cautionary tales were helpful for you, and if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review. Five stars is a power play, but also share this episode with a friend. You never know who may need it. As always, stay tuned, stay hyped. That's a wrap. Inserting exclusive audio recording from the vault. Maybe it's not a TV dinner. Maybe it's something that would heat up faster. It would have to be something like to reheat. Hits the button, 30 seconds, and then we're close up with the microwave and it's counting down slowly. And yeah. it's going, and it's going, and he's just like, <laughs> just waiting for it. And then he's like, and then we cut back, and you hear the microwave struggling, and it's like, and then it's counting up. <laughs> the microwave's like, and it's counting up, and then smacks the microwave, and then it goes, and then it starts counting back. How would it count up? Because the microwave is like busted, and it's, it's like, it's an old microwave. Because I was like, man, that's how funny would that be to see a microwave counting, counting up? <laughs> I never thought of that. And I was like, that's genius. And that's it. <laughs>